Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. Good evening, I'm Liz Mitchell, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning radio broadcast in our 17th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. And good evening, I'm Clarence Boone. Aziza Lisa is described as saucy, smooth, sensual, and most of all, empowering. Aziza Lisa embodies a musical style that is unique blend of R&B, soul, and jazz, and her vocals are similar to Jill Scott, Chaka Khan, and Anita Baker. In a short period of time, she has made a name for herself sharing the stage with some of the most notable names in the industry, performing background vocals for Barbara Streisand, Choral Ensemble, and Elle DeBarge. She has opened in concert for the legendary Nancy Wilson, Erica Badu, Eric Benet, Mint Condition, Amel Lerio, Music Soul Child, Kindred Family, Soul, and more. Her music is refreshing with lyrics that are uplifting. Her music has received airplay on Chicago and iHeartRadio. Her songs, Resilient, Sunrise, and Know Your Worth are accompanied by musical videos on YouTube. We are thrilled to have her with us this evening. Aziza, welcome to Bring It On. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's so great to have you. And uh, wow, I look at <laughs> what you've accomplished and, and the half hasn't been told, I feel. And, and you are on a meteoric rise. <laughs> and we're so glad to have you here with us. Um, let's start off, if you will, just with a simple question. Who is Aziza Lisa? Who's the person? Mm. Oh, wow. Um, the person is a creative. I'll say that first and foremost. Um, my mind is constantly going. <laughs> it's constantly going and creating things which allows me to go in different directions. Uh, one is an artist, another is an entrepreneur, um, another is a philanthropist. And of course, I'm, I'm definitely a mom and, you know, a daughter and, and you know, um, good friend to many. So yeah, just, um, I'm a busy person, <laughs> very active, and I have to stay active. I've always been this way since I was a child. That's all I know. And uh, Aziza, Lisa, uh, do you have a family and describe your family? Uh, so my family is a huge family on both sides, actually. Um, on my mom's, mom's side, there were nine children. And on my dad's side, I believe eight or nine. I'd have to think about it. But <laughs> yeah, I've got plenty of uncles, uh, aunts, cousins, you know, um, a very loving family, um, very loving and caring family. And just like all families, you know, you go through your ups and downs and you've got different personalities and, and the whole nine. But I do have to say I, I was blessed to be from a family with a spiritual uh, foundation uh, that helped to keep me grounded, um, a moral foundation, you know, definitely, you know, coming from my mom in particular, just, you know, with the type of woman that she was, and just a very loving family, very close with my cousins and, and you know, um, and my mom, and, and we're a close-knit family. Okay, and then mm -hmm. one final follow-up, and I'll turn this over to Liz. What are your passions? What are your causes uh, that, that you just 
support and throw yourself into? Um, so I've heard this saying before, and it does not register or resonate with me <laughs> because I just don't believe it, that you can just have one passion because that's totally not what my character is. I have several passions. Um, definitely have a passion for writing, baking, and singing. And I've always pretty much pursued all three of those <laughs> since I can remember. I'd have to say the singing actually came along uh, last. Uh, that was, it was still my teenage years, but definitely had been writing and baking, you know, preteen, just growing up, you know, learning how to bake from my grandma and my mom. And I have a business, my dessert company is actually, you know, I'm a baker uh, and I do that every day. <laughs> um, I also write all the time. I have a podcast that I've developed called Turn Up Life. And I write most of my songs. Well, I write all the songs that you've seen. I'm actually co-writing some things with a couple of people right now, but previously I've, I've written all of my material. So uh, I've always gotten, a, gotten um, into writing a lot. And that came from my mom, seeing her poetry and writings around the house as a little girl and just picking them up, reading them. So it, it, it was kind of embedded in me, both of those things. And then hearing my mom and my dad growing up singing, uh, got a family of singers also. So I just constantly sang and didn't know that that's something that I would be, you know, start to love as well. And of course, going into my young adulthood, that became a passion as well. Well, Lisa, some of what you just said, you covered a couple of the questions, but I just want to reiterate it so that our listening audience will know. At what age did you start singing? Uh, so again, kind of growing up, just always sang around the house, but didn't, I never thought about it as a career choice or, or something that I would pursue until my young adulthood, I would say around 18, uh, for me, I actually got into, or developed a group, a girl singing group and funny story with that. <laughs> so I had just graduated from high school and a couple of friends uh, and myself were modeling together. We were around Indianapolis doing modeling shows and, um, I had went out for Miss Indiana Black Expo's modeling competition and won that. So I was going in the direction of modeling. And at the time I was at school, IUPUI for drama, theater and dance. So I pretty much was taking that route in terms of, you know, where I wanted to head, you know, with my career um, after high school. But uh, me and a couple of my really close friends just started harmonizing together one day in the car as we were riding to a concert together. <laughs> and we felt, you know, hey, we've got something here now. Now, um, ironically enough, I was working at the Indiana Department of Highways at the time, and a fellow employee of mine, Tommy, um, was really good friends with Babyface. And during that time, they were looking for a three-girl group. <laughs> and so Tommy knew that me and my friends had kind of started singing and, and just, you know, touching on that, trying to see if that's what we wanted to pursue. And he decided, hey, you know, if you guys can get a demo together, I can put it right in Face's hands. And um, so we started on that road with Tommy with going in the studio, putting a, a, a demo together. And like all groups, that's kind of difficult to, it's kind of difficult to stay together, especially when you're that young and you really don't know what you want to do. So we kind of drifted in different directions and never finished it. And we looked up and TLC was on the scene. <laughs> and we always look back at that and say, wow, that could have easily been us. Because uh, yeah. my, my two girlfriends were uh, talented as well. And, and we really did have something. But later on, I revisited uh, singing once again as a solo artist and, and you know, just started doing my own thing with it. At a young age, uh, and you could tell us what age that was, what was your dream? And you had dreams and goals for yourself. What were yeah. those dreams and goals? Uh, and then how did you attain it? 
Right. <laughs> um, well, I will say this. I do know, I did not know exactly what I wanted to do as a teenager. Um, I don't think everybody as a teenager just knows exactly what they want to do. I was one of those I didn't know. So I was trying my hands at different things to try to see what it was that I really, really was interested in and passionate about. Um, I do know that in my mind, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to do something for myself. Uh, my grandfather was a great inspiration to me, um, Al Leon Warren. He was an entrepreneur. He taught all of his sons um, the, the automation masonry and, and building homes. And I was just, I was in a family of entrepreneurs. So that's what I knew. Uh, of course, my mom, she did work a, a nine to five, but I was really inspired by my grandfather and just how he operated. So in, in my mind, I definitely wanted to have something that I owned. <laughs> uh, and other than that, I really did not know exactly which direction I was going to take. And it didn't come to me until later years where all the different passions that I had just started to um, you know, I started cultivating them and they, and they ended up just, you know, developing into something that I didn't even realize. So even so with my baking, and it's so funny because everything kind of came all at once. There was not one particular thing that I was developing. And then that took off. I was developing everything at the same time <laughs> and everything was pretty much growing on its own, um, you know, at, at, pretty much the same momentum, honestly. So the baking for me, I started, I kept baking because I had been doing that from teenage years and people always bought my baked goods. So I continued on with that. Ended up opening a bakery in Indianapolis. Uh, eventually closed it down. At the time I was married and my husband's job in Chicago wanted him to move. So shut the bakery down. I had just got it off the ground like within a year <laughs> and moved to Chicago and, and you know really focused on my family. But again, I continued to bake once I got here. And that was a slow process of building that back up because of course Chicago was new territory, new clientele. Um, and at the same time, I continued to write, never stopped writing uh, different things, different ideas. And then a eventually just started singing some of my material and it just started coming to me. I, I never, uh, never planned that at all. I went from pretty much writing poetry and different ideas to writing songs and then singing them and saying, wow, okay, let me record this. <laughs> so that's pretty much how everything happened. Have you got enough poetry that you can write a book, put it together in a book? Uh, I have enough songs that I can. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would say that a lot of songs actually start off as poetry. So a lot of my songs actually are poetry, um, you know, because that's the way that, that, that I'll start writing them. And then eventually, if the song hits me a certain way that, where the melody, you know, comes to me immediately, then of course, it's a song right away. And then sometimes I just look at my different writings, and then I develop them into a song. But yeah, okay. I, I can do that. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us about your podcast. Uh, okay. It's called Turn Up Life. Yes. So Turn Up Life. Um, I went back to school, to college in, in later years. Uh, as I said earlier, I started off at IUPUI, uh, didn't finish there, and eventually moved to Chicago and pursued a family and marriage um, and uh, took another direction with, with the marriage and, and happily divorced. <laughs> but yeah, that was years ago. That was a long time ago. But at that time, I decided I want to go back to school. And so I went back to college at Chicago State and got into uh, film and theater and communication and the arts. And um, uh, really during that time, of course, I was a, an older adult going back to school. So there was a lot of younger people, you know, at, at college and just listening to some of their phrases and their lingo at that time, turn up, turn up was the, the phrase, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would hear that around school all the time, turn up, turn up, let's turn up. 
And so in my mind, yeah, turn up, let's turn up life. You know what I mean? Let's, let's take our lives to another level, take the things that we're doing in life to another level and improve. And of course the phrase turn up um, from their perspective meant turn up, you know, let's get high, let's get, <laughs> let's get drunk, let's go party. Uh, and so I just kind of flipped that and, and said, turn up life. And from there I developed a web series uh, and it was actually a school project at the time, something that we had to develop. So I was like, let me do this for one of my projects and develop it into a web series. I asked a fellow student of mine who was also an, uh, an, an older adult that had come back to school. I asked her to partner with me and be a co-host. And uh, we also were radio students at the time. So we had a Turn Up Life radio show and the Turn Up Life web series. <laughs> and oh, wow. So, uh, okay. Yeah. And so... Um, Eventually, you know, once we graduated and we kind of, you know, I kind of went in different directions because my music was starting to take off at that time and kind of shelved turn up life. And then after, well, as the pandemic was going on and trying to figure out exactly what to do with turn up life podcast started becoming popular. So I decided just to, you know, revamp everything and, and uh, continue it as a podcast. Oh, yeah. Now one question and one more question and I'll turn it over to Clarence because I can see his face. He's got okay. questions. <laughs> How do you manage it all? I thought I was busy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but girl, you got me beat. How do you how do you manage it all? When do you sleep? Because I know you exercise and right. all of that. Uh, yeah. Um honestly, that is a a daily um <laughs> a daily thing for me to figure out. I start off my mornings with prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I just ask God definitely to help me keep my focus on the projects that I have on the table and to guide me with, you know, everything that I'm trying to do to follow through and, com and complete and accomplish my goals. And uh, I try not to put too much on my plate, uh, even though it seems like th there is a lot on my plate, of course, <laughs> but in terms of just the, the uh, overall goals with what I'm trying to do with it, I've been able to ration everything out in a day's time. I'll give so much time to each uh, entity basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, of course, there are some days where I'm just inspired as an artist and I may go into a zone totally musically and block everything else out because I'm writing. So, but I've been able to manage it. I'll say that, praise God. <laughs> and um, I'll just say, you know, once again, since I was a child, I've always been very active like that and always had to multitask. I was actually the oldest daughter and had to take care of my siblings quite a bit. So they would go to cheerleading practice with me in high school, pom-pom practice. I may, I've always, I would take care of them, make sure they had dinner and we're doing their homework and doing my homework. And so that's been kind of groomed in me. So I've always been able to operate that way where for somebody else, it may seem like, wow, how, what in the world? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, okay. if, if you've just joined us, uh, the voice you just heard is Aziza Lisa, singer, songwriter, actress, entrepreneur, and she disclosed that she is a world famous baker and creator of Turn Up Life, a podcast that focuses on inspiration and community uplift. And you began to really go in depth with Liz's question on striking that life balance. That's a phrase we hear a lot of uh, these days, uh, busy professionals trying to manage business and home and other pursuits. Yeah. And as you were beginning to share with us who Aziza Lisa is, I began to hear what you anchor your life into. One is God, and you've been, yes. you've been very straightforward with that. And the other is you keep coming back to this baking uh, enterprise of yours that that you started and you and you've invested so much of you into. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, when we talk about 
family reunions and who can make the best this, that, and the other, probably everybody that raised their hand said, no, Aziza, Aziza has this beat. And first, let me ask you, is Aziza your stage name or is this, is this your name, Aziza Lisa? And if you could share with us that. Yes. Um, well, let's first go back to your comment about the family reunions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so let me share that I come from a family of bakers. And okay. so, no, it, no, it's not being said Aziza can do it the best. Okay. <laughs> Grandma okay. did it the best. So, 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 our, okay, now, now here it is. Do you get the highest compliment in that? Boy, this tastes like grandma's uh, pound cake. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, well, and all of my recipes I haven't gotten from my grandmother. I did learn the art of baking from her, but definitely a few of my cakes are her signature cakes. And, um, and I'm, I'm pretty proud that I've locked those down, especially her caramel cake well, <laughs> recipe. On that note, and I find, um, I, I love to cook. Um, okay. And I, I got ideas from my mother, my grandmother, my sister made the world's best pineapple upside down cake. She's no longer in my right. in our lives, but uh, yeah. Terry Terry could make a pineapple a pineapple upside down cake. Yeah. I found that cooking, baking, whatever, is an excellent way to de-stress and get mm. your mind off of other things, and it's one of the most easiest things to do where you can pour love into. Yes. And you wait. It may taste good to you, but you're waiting to see reaction when people bite into whatever you've created, and when yeah. they affirm what you've done. It's the best compliment you can ever receive. And it, was that an inspiration behind starting your baking business? Uh, it is. The fact, first of all, that I loved sweets. Okay. <laughs> Definitely was a cookie monster since I can remember. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so that just, you know, me wanting to, you know, bake sweets all the time because that's what I love. So that's kind of really where it started from. And uh, definitely, you know, as you start to bake for other people and you get their reactions and they can feel the love that you put into your baked goods and, um, you know, and, and it makes them feel a certain type of way. That, that's a great compliment. It's a good feeling. And you, you said something when you said, you know, it puts you in a certain state of mind. For me, it absolutely does. As a matter of fact, and this kind of couples with the fact of me being able to balance things. I bake early morning. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an early morning person. I love mornings. So I bake early morning. And that's actually when I do my best writing when I'm baking. Everything is quiet. I'm baking and I'm, I, I love the silence. <laughs> and it allows me to think. It allows me to create. So literally while I'm baking, I'm also creating music most of the time or creating uh, an episode for the podcast or something always comes to mind where during that moment for me, it's just, it's, it's a me moment. You know, it's a nostalgic moment because it also makes me feel and resonate with the love of my grandma, you know, so it's, it does a lot for me personally. Yeah. And, and my, my follow up to that would be um, in life, we have a lot of influencers, uh, people who sort of hate, help make mold shape us. Um, yeah. And I want to start aiming the conversation into the music industry because we're about to play one of the songs that has inspired is us on, on Bring It On in multiple ways. One, mm -hmm. you're, and I'll disclose, I guess we'll go ahead and officially disclose your cousin, Liz Mitchell. Yeah. And then also, <laughs> uh, as a producer of Bring It On, uh, we were searching for a song that could bring together the elements of both the content, the individuals we were talking to for a particular show, and something that was relevant mm -hmm. and spoke into just what we were trying to achieve. But uh, one of the things that I do want to ask you, who was, who was your most impactful influencer to date? Mm. I have, I have so many, I honestly do. I mm -hmm. would have to say first and foremost, my mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, 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 you know, um, is direct and, and up close. 
uh, just watching her as a woman, her character, her principles, her morals, her spirituality, her foundation, um, and how she groomed her children, you know, with that, with that base, you know, um, and so she's affected my life in more ways than what she knows and in more than what I imagined, um, and, uh, you know, until really I got older. So um, my mom first and foremost, and then I would, you know, I am what you call or what they call or what's said as a conscious individual. You know, I know who I am. Um, I know my history. I know my heritage. And so for me, a lot of leadership, Black leaders have been uh, instrumental in, um, in helping to develop the person that I am. Uh, love Muhammad Ali. Always have loved him. Uh, not... And, and I won't say not so much, but definitely the fact of uh, the, the fact of his sportsmanship, but even more so his sportsmanship, but even more so his character and just uh, him, you know, not being concerned with the fame and the accolades and the championship more so than um, who he was, who his people were and making that sacrifice to, you know, say certain things and stand up in regards to that. Um, there's so many, there are so many, Dr. Yosef ben Yakin and Dr. Henry Clark, Minister Farrakhan, uh, Elijah Muhammad, uh, UEP Newton, the Black Panthers, mm -hmm. musically, definitely um, ah, a lot. <laughs> uh, Nina Simone, Nina Simone, absolutely. As a matter of fact, when I was at Chicago State and we were in um, my news television class, one of the classes I was taking, we had to do a project regarding music, music and we were in Black History Month at the time, someone that really affected you um, in terms of, you know, what we were going through with the movement and, and the impact that they made or they had uh, on the movement. And of course, at that time, I was really into my music and um, or just, just kicking off, you know, really getting into my artistry. And Nina Simone was a name that I knew of. And I was familiar with some of her music, but didn't know her in totality. And I had to start studying her because I decided to do my project around her. And her song for me, Mississippi Goddamn, was, oh, yeah, um, yeah <laughs> was a hard hitter. I mean, I'm telling you, when I first heard it, I was like, wow, <laughs> wow. Again, just dealing with... Um, the social injustices and putting that in music and not being afraid to express that, you know, and during a, a, a time that was very, um, very dangerous, you know, so she was an inspiration to me on so many different levels, not just, again, not just her artistry, but just her, her strength, her courage. Um, so yeah, uh, love Anita Baker, um, Nancy Wilson, love Rochelle Farrell, actually from an artist standpoint, that probably would be my number one vocalist uh, because just for me, she's in a league that no other can touch. She just always has been, um, but I've got favorites, Donnie Hathaway, Luther Vandross, just so many uh, in, in the music industry that really have touched me uh, with their tone and their music styling. So yeah, but uh, everything from music to um, art. I love Cicely Tyson. <laughs> Matter of fact, yeah, I have it right here. Got Cicely's book right here with me <laughs> on my bookshelf. And um, you know, again, it's not just the artistry; it's her character and and what she stood for. So I think for me, I look I look a little beyond what your talents are, what God has blessed you with. Um, you know in that realm and I look I've always what's important to me has always been what type of person you are right okay. well with your permission right now um, we want to play 
that song that's uh, been inspirational to both Liz and myself, and it's called Resilient, and this is by Aziza Lisa. Darling, I'm hotel, Malcolm X, Martin Luther. 
just heard Aziza Lisa singing resilient here on bring it on. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> well, that was the inspiration for me and, and, and our uh, theatrical group. And we call ourselves resilience productions. Right. <laughs> After I heard that song, I go, that's, I have to use that word somehow. <laughs> Love that. Thank you so much, Lisa, for that. Thank you, cousin. What, Thank you. What was, uh, what would you consider, what would you consider your first break in the industry? Yeah. Mm, um, well, two things. And, and I just have to say it, it's twofold for me because one was on the live music scene, which I had never performed live Um before and a lady by the name of Trudy Morrell was known in Chicago for just getting different groups of people people together. She had a large following and she would put together live music events and she saw me somewhere. I To this day, I can't remember where she saw me and what made her call me. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I was just starting. I, I just, you know, got started uh, with, with trying to um, you know, do open mics and, and different, you know, performances to get my feet wet. And she decided to hire me to perform. At that time, there was an Isaac Hayes Club here in Chicago. And uh, she coupled me with the, with her house band, um, who at that time, their name was Detour. And they were some of the most prominent musicians still are here in Chicago. And I was quite intimidated <laughs> because everybody was so, you know, um, seasoned and I was new on the scene and I, I recall getting on the stage and singing a song and literally I was shaking the whole time <laughs> and when I finished I was thinking oh this woman will never call me back again <laughs> and she pulled me to the side and she said the next show you do I want you to do some Aretha Franklin I can hear that all in your voice and I said what <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> so uh so she she really helped to, uh, uh, you know, push and groom me based on what she heard from me. And I would say uh, another big break for me, which again was um, mind blowing because I was just getting going. I had started at that time to be on the, you know, I was on the music scene for a little while, uh, but an opportunity came before me to open up in concert for Nancy Wilson. And that was my first concert <laughs> to open for. And I was like, wow, the first concert ever. And it's for Nancy Wilson. <laughs> so yeah, that was a huge break. Uh, I remember meeting her in the trailer after the show. And at that time, and this is another break, everything kind of came at once. Uh, V103 here in Chicago radio had picked up one of my songs and was playing it. Uh, it was called I Enjoy Your Company. And Nancy had heard it. And she told me when I met her in the church in the trailer that she loved the song. She loved the title of the song. And, uh, you know, she just wished me, wished me, you know, many blessings and success. And it, it meant a lot to me. So, yeah, those were kind of combo breaks all at once. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's wonderful, that's great. Lisa. I have a question for you, too. Uh, not only do you sing and you have your podcast, and I know you can bake because I've had one of your pound cakes that I did not share with Clarence. <laughs> but that's all right, because Clarence has had my banana pudding. Okay. So that okay. makes up it's for all that. In the family. Yes. 
<laughs> so my, I know that you have done some stage. I don't know if you've been in movies, but one of the, the stage plays that I was unable to come and see, uh, it was in the wintertime, Brownsville. And yeah. I believe you played Lena Horn. Yes, yes. Tell uh, us about that experience. Yeah, so that was Bronzeville the musical. Um, and it's funny, you, you mentioned that I actually have forgot about that. <laughs> uh, everything was happening for me in that time frame around, uh, just around, around the same time frame. The, the acting was kind of, you know, starting. It wasn't taking off, but it was beginning at that time. A playwright that I knew, uh, Margaret Mahdi, had created Bronzeville the musical. Um, at that time, it was actually titled something else to begin with. I can't even remember the original title. It's been Bronzeville for so long, but we performed the play at Malcolm X College and she asked me to play Lena Horn. And, uh, I ran with her on that playing Lena Horn for probably, I want to say at least eight years, um, mm. which, you know, it, it transformed from one there was, you know, um, I forget again, the original title of the play, but the, she switched the title and we kept going with it. Uh, we sold out um, many venues here in Chicago. Uh, we actually traveled to Detroit and sold out a big venue there as well. And it went on for some time. And I really enjoyed that. Just learning more about Lena, again, her character, other than just her artistry and the way that she stood up. Uh, during her time period with not um, with taking a stand, you know, on a lot of the social injustices. And, um, you know, of course, beautiful person. She was actress as well as a songstress, uh, mm -hmm. songstress and uh, just really enjoyed getting into her life and who she was. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, what other plays were you in besides that one? And, and who did you, who was your favorite portrayal? Uh Lena would be my favorite portrayal. A, a lot of the other plays, honestly, I did in conjunction with school during the time I was in school. So a lot of the productions that we put on um, in school. And honestly, I don't remember <laughs> mm -hmm. a lot of the titles. Uh, we just, you know, as a student, you just, you, you, you know, you're thrown in different plays and at Life of Medea, I remember <laughs> playing a character in, in Life of Medea and, um, Oh, wow. I don't know why this is not coming to me. And I was actually the main character in this play in school. Uh, oh, one of August Wilson's plays. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, okay. Maybe as we talk, it'll come to me, but it's been so long ago. Uh, but I enjoy that too. So the theater world is, is really, um, really interesting. I'll say that. I have a love for theater in the way that it cultivates you as a uh, an actor and, or an actress. You pretty much, if you have that as a foundation, you know, you're, you're pretty solid. A lot of your, you know, um, a lot of the best actors and actresses have theater background. Uh, and there's so much that you learn with theater that, you know, it's, it's just, it's priceless. So, but from a standpoint of pursuing it as a career, uh, theater is probably the um, the art form that you get paid the least for <laughs> and mm -hmm. demands the most time. So, uh, you know, at a certain point, I just had to kind of bow out on that and, and pursue some other things, uh, even though it was exciting and it was fun. It also really wasn't paying the bills. Uh, and I guess it, had I really pursued it, you know, uh, and didn't have so many other things to balance, I'm sure it would have, you know, been a lot more um, stable for me, but yeah, 
there's a lot with theater. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very demanding on your time. That part of it was the part with me trying to balance so many things. Rehearsals are long and, you know, the plays themselves are long. Sometimes dates get pushed back from the original date. So it's kind of hard to plan around it. But I, I definitely enjoyed my years in theater. You know, okay. as, you, as you were describing uh, just your involvement in the theater and sort of transitioning um, to singing professionally, I could see you learn in theater how to do it all in one take mm -hmm. because you're live on stage and there's no room for error. You can't tell the audience, oh, wait, we're going to stop. We're going to restart this scene again. I'm sorry. I missed my, no, 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 no. You yeah. have to learn and be intuitive and, and all those character, uh, instinctual characteristics that go into that, you have to develop it and go with it. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about you, you mentioned two of your wow moments. Uh, one, Nina Simone's influence on you and some of her music. And then opening for Nancy Wilson was another. Are you yeah. currently or have you collaborated with an artist uh, that uh, is just an indus industry standard, one who uh, can make a phone call, things happen? Have you collaborated with those types of people? And was so on, on how many occasions? Um, not that I've done any projects with, I'll say that, um, well, I take that back. Well, there's a, a, a reggae artist, Maximilian, he actually does some of my production and one of the songs that we'll be releasing this spring, um, he's on that. So we've collabed on some, on some things, uh, that hadn't been released yet. And, and he's definitely world, world, he's, he's known around the world, world renowned, uh, artist. So other than that, I have performed with uh, some notables, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, some legends, uh, such as Elder Barge, uh, performing background vocals for him, as well as Miss Barbara Streisand. And um, with Miss Barbara Streisand. Tell us about that. Tell yeah, us about that. So yeah. I was part of a choral ensemble, actually. So it was more of a, a choir, a choral ensemble that we had. And uh, she needed background vocalists for her show here in Chicago at the United Center, which of course was sold out. And so huge crowd and it just a beautiful experience uh, to be with, with such you know, talented people in the choral ensemble and, and back her up. And uh, yeah, that, that was definitely a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> as well as Elba Barge, you know, meeting him and um, being in, in rehearsal with him before the show and just seeing him operate. He is so musically gifted. Oh my God. He is, <laughs> he is a, a whiz when it comes to music. I remembered we had a, a rehearsal and he came in and we had been rehearsing for a while. So to get everything tight before he arrived and he came in and we had a horn section and a string section and uh, three background vocalists. And I mean, the band was huge for him and we rehearsed for hours before he got there. Uh, of course, we had already been rehearsing. We knew the material, but we were just going over everything before he arrived and he got there and he heard us and he immediately said it was either the guitar or the bass. I can't recall but he was able to detect that they were off and mm. yeah. And, and made everyone else stop and went over his notes with him and made sure that he got his part tight and we proceeded, <laughs> but his ear was just impeccable. It was absolutely. So I learned just so much watching, uh, watching him and then to be able to talk with him after the show and just asking different questions about the industry, uh, beautiful person and very talented. So yeah, again, another highlight. 
Thank God. Thank you. And, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, and Liz, and Liz, if I can and take take one more opportunity to ask a question, I'll defer. Go ahead. Um, I've got mine written down, so I won't forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, your wild moments, continuing on with your wild moments, has has there been a moment where you received an honor? That just blew your way or notification that hey we wish to honor you and the and the entity organization and you're like me and it, can you can you sort of share with us that that moment um i would have to say for me that was more um i would say maybe some lesser known organizations or people mm -hmm. there's been different you know uh projects i've been a part of or or helped with and um you know again probably not any names or anything that anyone would be familiar with but those were were all very special to me just people recognizing you know um some of the work that i've done in the community and 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 collabed with others on yeah i, I had a sense you were going to mention something about the community community development because your podcast uplift tends to focus on lifting up someone's vision lift up your head look look to the hills if you will mm -hmm. And yes, to yeah. be honored by those organizations and their way of saying, hey, thank you. You you were a catalyst for change in our organization and our community. That that's something sometimes it means more than some of the, the bigger named accolades yeah. out there. Um, it does. thanks, thanks for answering that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. As a matter of fact, so turn up life. I know I touched on it a little earlier, but uh, it's about elevating yourself to the next level with everything you do. So we focus on health, fitness, money management. And one of the highlights of the show is actually recognizing nonprofits. So my nonprofit is called Wearing Big Hats, those that are giving back in a big way and wearing big hats in the community. And one of the major things that we do is an event, it's a fashion award gala, and we recognize other nonprofits. And that's also part of Turn Up Life, where we interview and recognize other nonprofit organizations and philanthropists. Okay. All right. Now, see, that answered another question I had for okay. you to tell me about your philanthropy. Um, <laughs> you talked about your foundation. Mm -hmm. And 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 how that uh, real you know you got to have a good foundation, uh, even yes. a building, a person to help you in your life. So what based on that, what would you tell somebody just getting started in the business or mm -hmm. want to uh, get into the business? Uh, I would have to say probably the same thing I say for for anything that you plan on pursuing. Know yourself. Get to know who you are. Um, first and foremost, you know, know um, what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. Have your standards, have your principles, have everything, you know, um, solid that you know about yourself. That way, when you're approached uh, with different opportunities or when you're trying to pursue different opportunities, it's either a yes or a no, a hard yes or a hard no, <laughs> based on who you are as a person. Um, and so, you know, solidly know that otherwise you may find yourself in situations, uh, that are compromising and that you may, you know, regret later in life. Um, and give me, if I can have one second, cause I actually need to plug my computer in. <laughs> so let me grab my cord real quick. Okay. Okay. I don't, I don't want to go off. The... Well, that's interesting uh, that she says that, Liz, um, because that is one of my questions uh, that we'll come back and ask her, especially um, it appears that if someone does not know who they are and if they cannot articulate, this is my threshold, this is my, this is where I draw the line in the sand, 
yes. um, because I think there are a lot of want to be successful entertainers mm -hmm. that have totally lost the ability to say a hard, fast no. Yeah. And it yeah. takes them down a path that they regret and they're, and they're being transformed, make them shaped and molded into something that they had not envisioned. Mm -hmm. And they try to backtrack. And I don't want to, of course, put words in your mouth, Aziza, but uh, can you share with us just how the music, in, well, not music industry, but entertainment industry, mm -hmm. uh, and it's notorious for, for making and shaping individuals that can make your career Yes. Or they could break their career, but along the, the journey to either place, you could become yeah. some, you could look in the mirror one day and not yeah. recognize who you see. Uh, from people you know in the industry, lessons you've heard of in the industry, can you share some things with us there? Wow, I, I love what you just said. You know, at the end of the day, it's about having peace within, um, being able to look yourself in the mirror and feel good about who you are. And unfortunately, sometimes people don't think long term when they make decisions in terms of how, you know, this will affect them or how they'll feel about it later on. Um, and to me, that's so important. You know, it just it depends on who you are as a person. You know, uh, some people are driven by fame and money. I am blessed. I am blessed. I'm blessed <laughs> to not be, you know, um, and just coming from the, the foundation and the family, you know, that the base that I have um, has allowed me to, to go in that direction and to, to say, you know, uh, that doesn't mean that much, you know, to me, to where I'm going to compromise other things. So right. yeah, I, I really have to put that out there for anybody that's new in the industry. You know, a lot of people are so quick to want to rise with fame or to get the money that, that they end up having regrets later on. Um, and, and the, the, the industry is absolutely notorious. <laughs> I would say, especially in regards to females, but in this day and time, it goes both ways. So, you know, there's always situations where, you know, people want you to do things, you know, you do this. And then as a result of this, I can help you to rise up the ladder, climb up the ladder a lot faster, you know. <laughs> and so within yourself, you have to already know before you even start in the game, that's not an option for me. And I would definitely say I would be a lot further you know, what, what some people would consider more successful uh, in my career with everything that I'm doing pretty much definitely in the entertainment realm, had I, you know, uh, said yes to some offers. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, well, for me, we're not just a flat out no, but a flat out no with, uh, uh, hey, we about ready to fight. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm not hurt. Don't come at me like that. So, right. <laughs> Well, you know, that that sort of affirms within me right now that, see, at the end of the day, I say no, because I know I can make one heck of a pound cake <laughs> and right. I will make games work. <laughs> My name will be on a billboard somewhere uh, competing with Intamins and everyone else like, hey, buy Aziza's pound cake. Made you know, with I, love. <laughs> again, my grandfather, you know, you can't be a one trick pony. You know, right, uh, right, he had right. his hands in so many different things. Mm -hmm. And thinking that as a young child growing up, you know, he was the first uh, black to have his pilot's license in Indiana. He was one mm -hmm. of the first wow. black race car drivers. Uh, he owned a grocery store. He taught all of his sons brick masonry and, and building homes and how to, you know, be entrepreneurs. And, uh, 
you know, when you're a child and you're looking at that, you know, the images that are right before you, they, they impact you. They really do. I didn't know how much he impacted me until later in my life, actually. So, but, but in other words, that allowed me to have my hands in different things to where I have options. Like they say, I got, I got options. (laughs) He had a grocery store and he had a putt-putt golf course. Yeah. Yeah, and he on the football team. so many things. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how he did it. Yeah, he was all over the place too. So I, I'd have to say I probably married up my grandfather more than anybody. <laughs> and he had a bunch of kids. <laughs> and he had a huge family. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and well, was a great, great person. So yeah. yeah. Well, listening to you and Liz go back and forth, just that that one 30-second exchange. <laughs> that has opened my understanding of Liz so much because this yeah. woman is busy, supposedly retired, right? Right. I know, you know I know, is, right? <laughs> <laughs> researcher, uh, investigative reporter, <laughs> you yeah. know, you name it. Um, wow, I mean, doing plays, um, yeah. helping That's to rebuild. Rockford born blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rebuild black owned churches, you name it. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's no moss that grows under her shears. Uh, I, I hope I said that right. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we have we have probably about five minutes left or so. But uh, Liz, and I know you have several questions. Well, um, I, I just want the audience to know about uh, not only uh, uh, Lisa, but Lisa, tell us about uh, other you, you mentioned uh, your grandfather, who's my uncle, uh, or great uncle, uh, other members in your family who are talented, immediate family. Uh, uh, so my uncle, my uncle Ellie, as we call him, <laughs> he's actually a pastor, Remus Wright in Houston, Texas, and um, is over, uh, you know, a huge church there, Fountain of Praise, and he was a vocalist. Uh, he actually had a singing group back in the day. And, and I remember growing up and going to rehearsals with him and my aunts and, and hearing, you know, plenty of, of gospel music. And so he's always been one of my inspirations, again, not just from the music standpoint, because he actually didn't pursue that. He went into ministry, but his character. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Wow. Uh, I have to, I have to just say all the women in my family, I I do, (laughs) uh, are are such an inspiration, just looking at some of the things that they've overcome and balanced and been able to hold our family together, uh, as a result of their resilient spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, immediate family, quite a, quite a few people just Mm -hmm. looking at their life stories and, and thanking God that I'm able to look and analyze and take away without judging, you know, but allow it to be um, a, 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 an opportunity for me to learn, you know, in my life and help me to grow, you know? So again, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, to just see a lot with different people in my family and some of the things that they've gone through and gain strength from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Take, take it away, Clarence. Well, uh, you know, my ears perked up when you mentioned your relative Remus Wright, who sang with the Pentecostal ambassadors yes. back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it came down to our church on a number of times, Apostolic Lighthouse Church here in Bloomington, where his good friend is Charles Fennell, who is now a bishop oh, yeah. at uh, Christ Temple out of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Remus and Donnie Golder uh, sung yeah. in that group. And I forget the other uh, Tommy. I yes, forget Tommy's yeah. last name, but they uh-huh. sung, and of course, every sister in there was swooning. And I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, the spirit, <laughs> the spirit was high that day, right? Absolutely. So they came out there, and they were recruited away, and um, 
they they just broke into acapella heavenly father and just everything just stopped but yeah. uh yeah you come from good stock you come from real yeah. good stock <laughs> but you know that speaks right now that's a lesson to the black community about investing in your family yes. where if you're skilled in your trade take your sons your nephews on a on a on a non-work day and show them to do how to do what you're doing yes you don't know how you're sewing into that young child's life Absolutely. Uh, and, and let's be real um you know I, i'm as you were talking i was thinking my daughters need to watch me as i do what i do with bring it on so that yeah. they can begin to you know feed this interest and maybe broadcast or media yeah. or whatever but uh, that is so important for our community um, yes. and other communities have seemingly learned this and we used to do that back in the day but liz something's happened where i don't know it's yeah. almost like every person for themselves and yeah. i wish we can return back to that time and, and you're such an inspiration now i'm beginning to understand why you're so rooted and grounded i'm beginning okay. to really clearly <laughs> understand that because you're into so many things and you have to have something that's tethering you yes to uh to something that's rational solid and stable yeah or else you're going to be out there floating in the wind somewhere absolutely, but, uh, absolutely. i have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and and that brings us to a point now where what have we not talked about that's relevant and vital that you want the listening audience to hear uh well if you can can connect with me on uh facebook right now with turn up life and youtube and you can check out the podcast we're actually in a uh a um, waiting period right now in the studio I have been recording out of is kind of revamping and, and reconstructing some things. So we haven't been on air for about a month, but we'll be going again soon. Uh, musically, I've got a lot going on that I'm very excited about. As a matter of fact, this week I'll be releasing uh, or just putting on YouTube a live music set that I did uh, recording some house music. <clears throat> You know, Chicago's known for house music. So I've got a live music set where we did that. So that'll be coming up on YouTube this week, uh, actually in the next three days. So look out for that. And then in terms of new material that I'll be releasing, we're in the studio doing some things. I've redone a couple of Donna Summer songs that we're actually going to be pushing overseas more so than here. So I'm excited about that and some other material that I'm collabing with some artists on. So as early as the end of May, we'll start releasing uh, some of my music uh, projects that we've been working on. And one song in particular is called I'm That Woman. And so I'm, I'm really, <laughs> really excited to get that, uh, get that out there. That's one of the singles we'll be releasing first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and I guess one, one last question that we could squeeze us in. We've talked about um, your influencers um, and those in the industry who congratulated you and given you pearls of wisdom along the journey, your family uh, lineage that have poured into you. Who are you now mentoring and, and who do you take pride in knowing that I am making a change in this person's life or this group of people's lives? Well, uh, right now with my organization, Wearing Big Hats, which was just recently established uh, officially as a non-for-profit in December, because years for years, for about three years, maybe four, uh, I had just been doing everything out of my pocket and, and just something I wanted to do. And um, uh, was advised very heavily by many people I, I knew in order for me to grow it and to do even more with it, establish it as a non-for-profit and, and let it really take off. And so this year, as we established, we did an event that has been ongoing now for four years called a vision board party. 
And in, in that particular event, I have a group of mainly young adults. The age groups are varied, but it's mainly a group of young adults. And I just show them how to create their vision board for the year and not just create a vision board where you can see your dreams and your goals, but also couple that with a timeline of strategic mm -hmm. you know, dates where you say, I wanna get this done by this date. So that at the end of the year, you can see yourself really accomplishing what you're dreaming about. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And I would have to say that's probably one of the number one projects that um, definitely uh, where I'm influencing directly a group of young people. And as we continue throughout the year with the nonprofit just being established, we've got other programs that we want to start, one dealing with motherhood and parenting in particular. Um, so quite a few programs dealing with the community, dealing with young adults, but also just families. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. our time is up. Okay. And our thanks to Aziza Lisa, singer, songwriter, actress, and world-renowned baker and creator of Turn Up Life, a podcast that focuses on inspiration and community uplift, for joining us to share wonderful insights, for joining uh, for her entertainment career, and for more info on Aziza and her stellar career, visit azizalisa.com. Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address again is bringiton at wfhb.org. And Bring It On's executive producer is yours truly, and our assistant producer is William Hosea, and show consultant and WFHB News Department director is Kate Young, and our program engineer is Chantal LaFontaine, and our original theme music was created by Jamil FM with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Clarence Boone. And I'm Liz Mitchell. Our thanks and appreciation to our listeners for your tangible support to WFHB and Bring It On during our recent spring fund drive. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. Thank you all so much. You've been listening to Bring It On a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.